WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is reflecting on a busy year. In a video posted to social media this week, Whitmer ticks off a list of legislative and administration achievements in 2023 that include rolling back the pension tax, increasing the working families' tax credit, and prohibiting health insurers from charging patients more due to pre-existing conditions. She also turned to social issues. We repealed our extreme 1931 abortion law so you can make decisions about your own body. We expanded our Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act to include the LGBTQ plus community so you can't be fired from your job or evicted from your home because of who you are. We also expanded workers' rights to come together for better wages, benefits, and opportunities. Weber noted this was all done with a Democratic majority in the legislature the first in decades. Come January 1st, that majority will be lost in the state house due to some Democratic members who have stepped down for other positions. The Democrats could get their majority back when special elections are held to fill those seats in April. Berrien County Judge Charles Lasada has been publicly admonished by the Michigan Judicial Tenure Commission after it received complaints about his courtroom demeanor and other activities. In a December 12th letter from the commission, Lasada is told it conducted an investigation into three types of misconduct. They are, quote, impatience and discourtesy toward criminal defendants and defense lawyers, repeated disregard for governing law, and violations of Canon 7 in connection with your wife's political campaigns. Lasada is the husband of former state senator Kim Lasada. The Judicial Tenure Commission writes that it, quote, found a tale of two judges, meaning it found a serious and ongoing problems with several aspects of Judge Lasada's actions and attitude for a decade before the commission brought them to his attention in 2020. However, it also notes a complete turnaround after that. The commission says the most common complaint it's received about Lasada involves his demeanor, complaints which it found to be justified. It says it found poor treatment of defendants and their lawyers and that Lasada may have violated a rule prohibiting judges from endorsing political candidates for non-judicial offices. In this case, that would apply to one of his wife's campaigns. In the end, due to Lasada's turnaround, the commission says it left its actions as a warning, adding that it's confident that he'll embrace what's been brought to his attention. The Benton Township Police Department has been growing its ranks. Speaking to Township Trustees this week, Police Chief Greg Abrams said he promised to address the shortage when he was hired, and that's what he's been doing. I have hired at least one part-timer and three full-time officers who are currently working at this time. I also have one officer going, or cadet going to the academy January 22nd, and I also interviewed two more officers or candidates today. Abrams introduced one new recruit who just completed the academy, noting another who just started after completing the academy couldn't be there because he was working. Police agencies throughout southwest Michigan have been struggling with a shortage of officers. Benton Township recently hired a private security firm to help with the holiday workload by having private patrols outside of busy shopping areas. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Grand Rapids has announced a grand jury indictment charging two Benton Harbor men with several felonies for the robbery of the Benton Township Dunham store and the kidnapping of its manager. U.S. Attorney Mark Totten says 33-year-old Darnell Bishop and 25-year-old Dontrell Nance are accused of trailing the store's manager and then approaching him outside his home November 16th. They allegedly kidnapped him at gunpoint and forced him to tell them the security code to get in the store. Bishop then allegedly went to the store and stole 123 handguns. The suspects later released the store manager. Totten says the two are now charged with kidnapping, interference with commerce by robbery, brandishing a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence, and a theft of firearms from a federal firearms licensee. Nance is also charged with being a felon in possession of firearms. 
Both face life in prison. ATF Detroit Field Division Special Agent James Deere says now that the suspects are charged and the guns are recovered, quote, the holidays can be celebrated without the fear of over 120 firearms finding their way into the wrong hands. The Bears are on the way. The South Bend International Airport has been delivering teddy bears to children in five regional hospitals this week as part of its Bears in the Air program. Spokesperson Julie Curtis tells us they've been delivering the bears to kids for 12 years now. It really is very impressive when we make these deliveries to listen to the nurses hear what a difference it makes and how much easier it helps them with their jobs when they're connecting with a patient. Being in a hospital is always a scary thing, really, no matter what your age is. And so being able to have something soft and cuddly and fluffy really kind of takes the focus off of maybe the not-so-pleasant things that you're there in the hospital. Curtis says they're delivering 2,600 bears this week. Among the hospitals receiving bears is Corwell Health South in St. Joseph. It'll get its delivery tomorrow afternoon. Curtis says it's community support that makes the Bears in the Air campaign possible. The site of a former Holiday Inn in Benton Township has a new owner. Speaking to the Benton Township Board of Trustees this week, Township Building Official Chris Fuchs said Kalen Construction has purchased property on M139 just south of I-94, once upon a time, it was a bustling place. The site is the site of the former Holodome, very popular hotel, which as it fell into decline, the township took the initiative to raise the site. Fuchs said that Kalen is using the property as a staging area as it does a major highway project. Part of this work that they're doing is to raise the site. Because the site is low, you really can't see it from the freeway, and so part of their work in using it will be to also, they expect to have some extra fill from their road project that they got. They have a big I-94 road project. The Planning Commission put some restrictions on the company to ensure there's not excessive noise at night and that construction materials aren't left when the I-94 project's complete. Fuchs said Kalen intends to use the site for that project for about three years and then seek to have a restaurant brought there. The reason they're elevating the property is so it could be seen from the highway. The township board then approved Kalen's request for a special use permit for the property. A donation has made it possible for Our Lady of the Lake Catholic School in St. Joseph to install new bleachers in its middle and high school gym. Our Lady of the Lake Athletic Director Phil McDonald tells us the old bleachers date back decades. We've been looking to replace the bleachers for a while now. We had, at floor level, we had two sets of bleachers. One set was actually the original set of bleachers when the gym was built. So I'm probably dating those back to maybe the early 70s, late 60s. McDonald says the total cost for the new floor level bleachers is about $76,000. One anonymous donor put up a large portion of the needed amount. So how does it feel to get that kind of support? Fantastic, because there are a lot of things that we would love to do, and I think any school is in this situation. You you have dreams, but you have to find ways to raise money to make those dreams come true, and this one was going to be a sizable price tag. McDonald says proceeds from the Dr. John Pro's Laker golf outing will also help pay for the bleachers. They started taking the old bleachers out yesterday, and materials for the new ones are expected tomorrow. McDonald hopes to have them all installed by the time students get back from holiday break. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report.
WSJM News now continues. Israel, Hamas, and interested parties are now trying to put together another ceasefire in Gaza. Morph maybe sees Inez de la Quatera in Tel Aviv. There does appear to be momentum on both sides here. So you had the Israeli president, uh, Isaac Herzog, talking about how Israel is open to another pause in the fighting to uh, secure the release of additional hostages and to allow for more humanitarian aid to get into Gaza. He says, though, that the responsibility at this point lies squarely with Hamas and specifically with Hamas leader Yahya. We actually just heard similar rhetoric from Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who was talking about the negotiations during his end-of-the-year presser, and he says that it is really up to Hamas now. Hamas's top leader in Cairo for talks on the war in Gaza. His visit Wednesday as part of a flurry of diplomacy aimed at securing another ceasefire and a swap of hostages for Palestinian prisoners at a moment when Israel's offensive shows no sign of slowing. That comes a day after Hamas fired rockets that set off air raid sirens in central Israel. Israel is vowing to press ahead with its war against Hamas, but the government's under great public pressure to reach a deal to bring home the more than 100 hostages believed to still be in Hamas's captivity. President Joe Biden said another ceasefire is not imminent. Former President Donald Trump does not want the Supreme Court to step in right now into questions his attorneys have raised about whether he should be immune from prosecution. ABC's Stephen Portnoy is more. Donald Trump's attorneys say the special counsel wants the high court to rush to decide key questions with, quote, reckless abandon. Those questions include whether Trump enjoys absolute immunity from prosecution and whether he's protected by double jeopardy because he was acquitted at his Senate impeachment trial. Prosecutor Jack Smith has asked the justices to weigh in on those matters now in the hopes of getting the January 6th trial underway as scheduled. But having no interest in speeding things up, Trump's attorneys say no thank you. They argue the appeals court should take up the issues first in the regular course of legal business. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump's bid to win back the White House is now endangered by two sentences that are in the U.S. Constitution added 155 years ago. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment prohibits anyone who swore an oath to support the Constitution and then, quote, engaged in insurrection against it from holding office. For the first time in history, a court this week ruled that applies to the presidency. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump is barred under the provision, but the court acknowledged that it's on untrodden legal ground and the U.S. Supreme Court is likely to have the final word. Speaking of which, after Trump was dropped from the Colorado primary ballot, don't alienate his supporters. That's something the Republican presidential candidates are trying to stick to after the Supreme Court ruled Donald Trump's name can't be on the ballot. ABC's political director Rick Klein says the other Republicans have come out in defense of the former president. Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, even Chris Christie, a harsh critic of the president, say that they don't think that a court should settle this. They think that the voters should settle this. And it part reflects uh, the potential weaknesses of the of the of the legal argument. A lot of these men and women are lawyers themselves. It also, I think, reflects the political reality that if you're going to win the Republican nomination and it to be worth something, you're going to need to convince a lot of current supporters of Donald Trump to come to your side. Some states that stockpiled millions of masks or other personal protective equipment during the coronavirus pandemic are now throwing the items away. An Associated Press investigation found at least 15 states have tossed out some of the PPE items because they're expiring or have more than they need. Other states have sold extra materials at bargain prices or have tried to give away surplus masks, gowns and gloves, but have had difficulty finding entities willing to take them. Public health experts say the glut of supplies shows that governments need to do a better job of planning for future emergencies. The White House says the Biden administration has completed a prisoner swap with Venezuela, granting clemency to one of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro's close allies in exchange for the freedom of 10 Americans who have been jailed in the country. 
More from ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden welcomed the release of 10 Americans detained in Venezuela Wednesday, including six the U.S. deemed wrongfully detained. The president said in a statement he's grateful their ordeal is finally over, saying these Americans have lost far too much precious time with loved ones and their families have suffered. In exchange for the release of these Americans, the U.S. is granting clemency and returning Alex Saab, who is facing pending charges for money laundering. Saab is a close ally of Venezuelan President Maduro. Karen Travers, ABC News, traveling with the president in Milwaukee. Hidden inside the foundation of popular artificial intelligence image generators are thousands of images of child sexual abuse, according to a new report that urges companies to take action to address a harmful flaw in the technology they built. Those same images have made it easier for AI systems to produce realistic and explicit imagery of fake children, as well as transform social media photos of fully clothed real teens into nudes, much to the alarm of schools and police around the world. The Stanford Internet Observatory found more than 3,200 images of suspected child sexual abuse in a database used to train leading AI image makers. And ABC News has learned at their last summit meeting, China's president told President Biden that he plans to unify his nation with Taiwan. More from ABC's Andy Field. The U.S. has always said it agreed to a one-China policy, but at the same time did not support changing what is in fact Taiwan's current independence. Government sources tell ABC News that China's President Xi Jinping told President Biden it won't stay that way and that Xi's determined to put Taiwan under his government's rule. White House not denying the conversation, only saying that any reunification cannot happen by force. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.